ever thought there'd be a heavy metal courtroom documentary? We watched As the Palaces Burn for episode 130 of Have You Seen? Hello everybody, welcome to episode 130 of Have You Seen? I am Kieran Lefort and uh, approximately six feet away from me at the other end of the table is Tom Webb. Hello. One of our lovely little, lovely what? I don't know. One of our lovely listeners, Mr. Peter Hammond, uh, long, long ago, suggested we watched a documentary called "As the Palaces Burn" uh, about heavy metal band Lamb of God and the trouble they got into in the Czech mm. Republic. Yeah. In 2010 to 2012, what? I think is the yeah. period covered. Yeah. Um, so we did uh, because some kind soul to put it on YouTube. Yes. Not entirely sure if they were supposed to but that's who knows that's, that's not for us to judge um so let me just quickly recap what uh pete had to say okay he said in previous episodes you've stated that a good documentary will hook you in despite its subject matter and with this in mind i pitch you as the palaces burn this music doc starts out as a straightforward documentary following the metal band lamb of god as i say the band's name i can hear you losing interest but stick with it it starts out with the usual fan interviews, LOG got me through, save me slash got me through tough times slash stop me killing again type of nonsense, which let's face it, it's pretty dull as we've done a thousand times before. Yeah. But then they land in Prague and shit goes south really fucking quick. Without giving too much away, vocalist Randy Blythe is arrested on a charge of manslaughter completely out of the blue at the airport and what follows is the court case and subsequent aftermath. The current Mrs. Hammond loved this doc even though she's not a Lamb of God fan, whereas I am, I've seen them live numerous times. It's quite a shocking watch, but also highlights just how emotional things got. By the look of him, guitarist Willie Adler doesn't look emotionally equipped for a solo trip to Tesco, let alone the events <laughs> in this film. And just how, quote-unquote, unfair the Eastern European justice system can be. Hopefully you'll get around to this one, blah, 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 etc. Ta-da. Which we did. Yeah. 18 months after he sent the, <laughs> yeah. sent the thing. Uh, yeah, he pretty much hits the nail on the head. It starts mm. out as... the Because... You see early on, these guys, they tape everything. They've got this ar- yeah. massive archive of mini yeah. DV tapes and even VHSs and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they've released documentaries before. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's like like the bat. It seemed to me it was the drummer who seemed to have all of the tapes. He was the guy going through it, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, so I don't know if it's that's kind of like he enjoys filming and stuff. But, but I, know, I noticed that... Randy had a GoPro with him all the time. Yeah, and he, he was uh, he went off when he was trying to relax, went off to take photos yeah, yeah. and stuff. So I think it's just like something they do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it shows, you see footage from previous documentaries they've released. Um, oh, I've forgotten, where, uh, I've forgotten where I was going with this. <laughs> well, it, sta- it starts off as like a... Yeah, yeah, like a sta- sorry, standard travelogue yeah. documentary and that kind of yeah. thing. And it's, then it's quite, for me, bang on like, half an hour. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think you've seen it, but it's quite reminiscent to me of um, Flight 666, which was... Uh, a similar style of thing, which was about uh, an Iron Maiden tour mm. of South America. They did a huge. Like, they had. I think I've seen the beginning of it. I've seen like interviews with like the tour manager woman and yeah. All that. yeah so it, seen, it, it was, was almost yeah. like it's kind of like that's the sort of thing they were going for. Mm. I don't know if that. I think that came first. It was two thousand eight. I think, but yeah, it was very similar to that mm. in, in the way it was done. Mm. Um, so yeah, you're right. It was that kind of very not standard, but kind of very. Uh, no, standard's a good word. Yeah, it sounded kind of like a uh, band goes on tour, we yeah. follow them thing. Yeah. It, it fit almost like the beginning of Spinal Tap as well. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and you. So they interview the guys. You see yeah. them. You see shots of them performing. You see shots of them in the in the studio. You yeah. get interviews with the fan, like the taxi driver, the Colombian yeah, taxi driver, yeah. who's like yeah. basically metal saved me from going into gangs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that that was quite incredible, really, because yeah. you could tell he was someone who. There's a scene with him in a in a cemetery, and he's just like, oh, "This is my brother-in-law. This is my other brother-in-law. Yeah. This is my brother. This is my stepbrother." Yeah, uh, just because he he li- he was surrounded by violence. Yeah, and he used the music to. It was almost like medication. Yeah, yeah, to stop much. him getting dragged into it. There's a shot in me that the shot near the beginning that had me roaring with laughter. Right, but they show a shot of the Billboard yes, chart. That was the first thing I wrote down. Number one, Taylor Swift. Number two, Lamb of God. Number three, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what a horrendous sandwich. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, so they set up, and you just see they just seem like a nice bunch of 40 something guys yeah. who just play loud music and have long hair absolutely so they can all like uh, uh pete makes a joke about willie adler yeah but they're all intelligent and erudite mm. and yeah just you often find that with the drummer drives like a fucking prius yeah because that's the most and he prius. makes that joke about it as yeah. well but it's it's one of those things that you a often, black one obviously yeah you often find with uh bands that play metal like that they are like super intelligent guys because yeah. what they play is incredibly technical I, now you see I was listening to the snippets of music yeah. um, the vocal style isn't for me no me either I uh, hate that sort of thing yeah um, but if you listen to them musically yeah. they're really good absolutely and they're very funny. skilled musicians oh yeah absolutely because I mean I'll, I'll happily go and watch bands like Dragon Force and yeah. Avenged Sevenfold and stuff like that which is essentially it's got and you know, I guess to some extent Metallica as well. Although I'm less keen on Metallica than I am on the others, because what the others have is they're a bit more melodic. Yeah, and they they have people who actually sing rather than scream, and that's. But it's, it's a similar tempo. All those bands you mentioned exactly, are, are similar in that, tempo. Yeah, it's I think all, yeah, Lamb of God are a bit kind of harder, a bit yeah. more aggressive. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the, it's the the fact that it's the screaming that that puts me off them as a band. Yes. Um, because I just I just don't like that style of vocals no but yeah you're right about the music the and musicianship is phenomenal when, and, oh go on no, no no you carry on i was gonna say what when there's a bit where the guitarist is sitting he's kind of doing an interview and then he starts noodling and he's got a resonator yeah fender resonator yeah. guitar and he just starts playing and it's beautiful it sounds so nice it's yeah so good and it's it's not it's nothing like lamb of god no but it's just beautiful and then they start yeah but i bet he plugs it into an amp and sped it up a bit, it would be. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, and then they start to use that as a sort of a background yeah. track. Uh, well, the, know, well, the, the guitarist was, uh, is credited as composer right. on okay. this. Um, um, we talk about how like the vocal style isn't for us, yeah. but the music is. And what I yeah. found interesting was that within the personalities of the band... Yeah. Randy the singer is the one who doesn't quite fit in. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. All front men are pricks. Yes, and he he to me had that same kind of yeah the the little bit of the ADHD the outsider yeah. the ego yeah. the show off the addiction yes yeah, that's and that, which, you know which in fairness he is over oh yeah of course, by the yeah. time of all these that, events that's the thing is that when you watch this but uh, Jesus Christ every fucking rock band is yeah usually. F- Fueled by cocaine and alcohol. Yeah, but I mean, in this instance, like, it's funny because you you get introduced to Randy 
as he is now, mm. being reflective about his life. And but he immediately talks about being an outsider. I feel at home yeah. like, under the bridge with the homeless people. Yeah, exactly. Well. It's yeah. essentially what he says. Or yeah. down by the river is yeah. what he talks about. Um, but you kind of, you kind of, oh, he's a really, really nice guy. So when they, when they show back clips of him being violent and aggressive, mm. like, and just being a bit of a cock to the rest of the band, you're like, oh, that's not quite the guy. Yeah. That, that, and you can see that it's a huge difference in him since he quit yes. drinking. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's it, I, I do find it fascinating that group dynamic. But you're right; he's very much he, he's the odd one out to the rest of the band. Yes. Um, but the other thing that kind of made me chuckle a bit. Well, actually, my wife summed this up: mm. is that it's a music documentary where the music spoils it. Yeah. It's because it's like it's the sort of thing it's all about a lot of it's about how music can save people yeah and then before we get to the core thing but when the music's not your cup of tea you're kind of like oh i'm really interested in them and what they're going through but yeah you just have to kind of forget that yeah yeah Um, well you know we watched a flipping american football documentary we don't give a shit about that at all that's true yeah um i would i i would probably more likely listen to lamb of god than i would watch an american football match yeah, yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we talked a little bit about the fans. The, yeah. The, the, there was a line from the uh, uh, from the taxi driver. So he gets to meet mm. them after their show in Colombia. Yeah. Uh, and he's all kind of a bit woozy and tired. And they're like, yeah. are you okay? Are you hurt? And he just goes, it was not a good idea to tie my shoes in the mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't make me laugh as well. Yeah. Uh, and then the other major one they show is they go to India. Mm. And what struck me is there's not a lot of them but they find like five or six nice young indian girls who love this hardcore metal music Absolutely. the one whose mum has come along to bring yeah. it to the concert who spent 39 hours <laughs> on the train to i come wrote and see some of that band. yeah i wrote some of that down it's just like yeah 39 hours and some people like like uh, yeah one's like oh i flew and, yeah and these mates like i was yeah i spent two days on the train right, yeah um and there there's uh, there's one girl in the back of the taxi, uh, back of a taxi yeah. they focus on for a bit, who is also a vocalist for an Indian metal band, <laughs> yeah. and like her bandmates were just, I cracked up when I saw them. It it's just amazing. these very nice looking, skinny Indian men hammering away on guitars <laughs> yeah. and, and drums her, while she's bellowing. I mean, she sounds is... just like Randy Blythe. Yeah, absolutely. Her, her I would say, and her... she's what like. 19 maybe, maybe yeah her voice was easily comparable to any mm. of that star metal singer yeah just absolutely full-on yeah and yeah i just i i thought she was really intriguing because uh, it was kind of so she she dressed in typical kind of sort of metal <laughs> after all the shit i gave you about getting text messages oh man yeah so she Go dressed on. in typical kind of metal out of like black t-shirts and or like yeah. she had tattoos and she's yeah and she said you know this is not generally accepted here like yeah. you know tattoos are they they think i'm spoiling my body for my future husband yeah and i was just thought that's really fascinating because she must come from a i would imagine she must come from a reasonable wealthy background yeah um and and it's just interesting that that she's chosen this this lifestyle and seems to be fully embracing it and you know although despite perhaps being a bit of a black sheep in the family it's it's accepted yeah you know which yeah. i was quite surprised at so we kind of we go from there to prague yeah 
Um, and I couldn't tell with the timeline when all these in incidents happen. And there's one, there's one suspicious scene that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, uh, okay. So we do we Prague, and they talk about how they touch down on the plane, yeah. and they see all these. Basically, it was like <laughs> they describe it as the entire SWAT team would come out to arrest a massive drug lord. Yeah. And they slowly realised that they were there, that was security was there yeah. for them. And they round him up and they present Randy with this document and they arrest him and he's taken yeah. away. And I think he's imprisoned in Prague for like 39 days. Yeah, something like that. Because yeah. there's all this stuff about the bail, isn't Yeah, it? because yeah. basically they're scared that he'll if run. he's bailed, he'll leave the country and he won't come back for trial. Yeah. Uh, eventually they set his bail at $400,000. It's ridiculous. And let him leave the country yeah. on the... Uh, Jesus Christ! You know when you just forget a word. <laughs> yeah. Promise is the word Promise, I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah it's on the promise that he will return and face trial. Yeah. Um. Uh, which, to his credit, later on he says, mm. "I'm I was always going to go back for the trial yeah. because not only that he wants to prove his innocence, but he mm. kind of like he wants to the justice to be done for the family of the guy who died at Absolutely, the concert. Yeah. Like, you know, the, one of the things that really really struck me. So you're right about the timeline. It's it's. So basically, it yeah. Feels so I couldn't like, tell when the Columbia concert was. And I couldn't tell when the India concert was. That, I couldn't that, tell if they were before yeah, or after were. this incident in Prague. We're yeah, talking about. they were before. So basically, I think of it like this: that the, the the documentary starts pre-tour. They're doing press and rehearsals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they go on tour, and we go to South America, India, and they talk about going to the UK, I think, and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Other, and some other places. And it's in the European part of the tour. Then they get to Prague and yeah. Randy gets arrested because somebody died at a concert two years previously. Yes. That's the bit I didn't realise. Yes. The yeah. fact that yeah. this was, you know, he was arrested two years after this supposed, well, this, this incident, occurred. incident occurred. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're right about, I was in, really impressed and surprised at the way the band dealt with it all because it would be very easy for them to to kind of batten down the hatches and be like he's innocent he's innocent this is all lies mm. blah, blah 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 but actually one of the m foremost things that they were worried about is the fact that one of their fans had died yeah and they and it they were so upset by that mm. to the to their core that it didn't become about proving randy's innocence it just became about showing the truth of what happened there's a shot there's a shot in one of the interviews with the drummer mm. and he i can't remember what question they ask him but he's like his answer is basically i can't answer that i don't know how to answer that right and then they hold on him for like five more seconds and he he has to wipe tears away because it's about it's about the fan who died. They're yeah. asking like about the fan who died rather than Randy's innocence oh, or guilt. Okay, no, they yeah. they that what they said was uh, th so the question. Wouldn't think I watched this last night, would you? Yeah, no, no, I know the bit you mean. Yeah, and the, the the question was um, it was along the lines of uh, how would you feel in the family's situation? There we go. Yes, uh, yes, uh, he, that's right. He says I've never lost a brother. I've never. Yeah, 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 yeah I can't. Is, uh, yeah. Uh, and in, but you can see he's visibly he's shaken. thinking about it, yeah, yeah. like because he's got a family, and yeah. So he's obviously trying to put himself in that position. That's why where the tears come. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, now we get onto what I call the suspicious scene. Right. There's a scene with their manager. Yeah. Who is 100% Saul Goodman? Right. I, I haven't seen. 
I don't know who Saul Goodman is. Breaking Bad. He's, yeah. he's, I don't think I got far enough into that. He's, he's the lawyer in Breaking Bad. Right. And this guy, he'd reminded me of him. Right. His first line, he's on the phone yeah. in his office, and his first line is, I'm doing lousy, Brian. I got a singer in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he then, over the next, oh, I think the scene must be about two minutes long, yeah. there's various shots of him in his office, and he then espouses all of the exposition. Yeah. He tells you absolutely everything. I, I'm i convinced that scene's a setup. There's nobody on the other end of that phone. And the documentarians possibly, yeah. have gone back and got him, or he suggested, this is yeah. how we tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair the, enough. It's the only scene with him in. Yeah, and it's the exposition And it's scene. all of the exposition. Yeah. And it's just slightly too convenient. Yeah, yeah, I did think that because part of me was thinking, hmm, this looks like it's been shot with one camera. Yes. But and then, then they but, move but it, it and then he... And then but they, it flows perfectly exactly yeah exactly yeah that's yeah, I'm very I well that. aware of how you can manipulate a documentary absolutely and this, yeah but sometimes this is the, the only bit to me that didn't feel authentic yeah absolutely but by the same token i'd say that all he's doing is telling like giving you a good synopsis of you know of what's yeah. going on it doesn't have to be you know they could have done it as a talking head i suppose yeah. i don't know why they they chose not to do that um, uh, it might have been an artistic thing. It might have been. Maybe. He's a band manager. He's going to have a big personality, yeah. and no. what he says goes. So yeah. you're going to do it the way he wants to do it. That, that's the sort of thing that if they staged that, then that doesn't bother me that much. If they staged something else, mm. like uh, if they if they'd gone back and restaged some of the stuff with the fans or whatever, that I would have had a problem yeah. with. But with this, it's, it is an exposition scene. Yes, I know. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, fine, you know. Yeah, it just, I don't know, it, it, it just, it was a tiny bit of tarnish. It just felt scripted mean, yeah. and set up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt inauthentic, I think, is what. I think they were going for it for authenticity mm. and yeah. in doing so made it inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I then didn't write any more notes for a while, I don't think. We then, yeah, because I mean, then we get to the point where the thirty. Uh, uh, so Randy comes back. Yeah, they do Slipknot. They do the Slipknot show. Yeah, they do some more shows around the US, yeah. uh, and then three months. Uh, it just basically the title card says three months later, Randy went back to the Czech Republic. Yeah, and I, then we go back for the trial. Yeah, you see a bit of him. You, this is where you see the bit of him up on the mountainside taking photographs. I knew you'd love that. Well, no. Were the, you looking at all his lenses and cameras? No, I wasn't particularly. Um, but he uh, th- he says some really interesting stuff in that scene. Mm. In that it's because at that moment they're in that time period they're like this this might be the last gigs Lamb of God ever do. Mm. Uh, you know because if he goes to prison for ten years he'll be fifty by the time he gets out. <laughs> you say you say that, but um, I was reminded recently. I can't remember. I can't remember what they're called. But I remember reading years ago about this band who they had completed their album. Mm. They had a massive falling out with the singer mm. and he just vanished right. and they, they had nothing to do with him. So they removed all of the vocals from the tracks. <laughs> um, he was only credited, he only wrote the lyrics and then sang, so he had no songwriting credit for any right. of the music. Um, they deleted all of his vocals, deleted all of the titles, retitled all of the tracks with their favourite lottery numbers and released an album of instrumentals. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. Um, yeah, so while he's up on this mountain, he's very kind of reflective and he's talking about like why he wants to go back. Yeah. And like we were saying about how the fact that, you know, he can't imagine what it must feel like for this family who have lost somebody and they've yeah. lost a fan and that really 
Yeah, it's kind of if he was and... if it was if he was on the other side, he would want somebody yeah to to go and stand yeah, there and yeah. prove their innocence. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it's about this time they start to show these supposed videos of the incident. Yeah. Uh, so someone is obviously filming it on. I don't know. I guess it could be a camera phone at that. 2010, yeah, could have been. Right, possibly then, camera yeah. phone maybe, or, or at least something, some yeah, form yeah. of device. Yeah. Um, and you see someone jumping, on, like stage diving, that's yeah. fine. You see... You, you, there's, three, there's three clips. Three clips, yeah. yeah. Someone stage. You see another one where they stage dives, and, and he's given a bit of a helping hand by... Well, the security guard security forcefully security pushes him throws off. him. Yeah, yeah. Randy and Randy gets kinda, his arm up and just yeah, kind of guides him away right. from him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be fair, when I was watching that, having been at gigs and seen people stage dive and stuff like that, actually, there's usually a fair distance to get to the crowd. Yeah. So having but that pit is that isn't there. That... No, no, it's not as much. It's only a few feet, but mm. it's still that's still a distance you've got to cover. Yeah. So actually, in that instance, I would argue that having someone push or throw you is actually more beneficial. Yeah. Than just trying to dive yourself, because yeah. you're you're more likely to. To land yeah. where people can catch you. Yeah, and then the third one, the guy climbs up on stage before he can even jump. The security guard grabs oh, him yes. and pulls him yeah. off. Now, to me, that looks like the more, more serious of those three incidents. But if you look at all three of them, mm. there was like he basically goes down headfirst between people on the yeah. first one. The second one, you don't really see where he lands. No. And the third one, he obviously smacks his head on the railing on the way down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. any one of those could have been a, a nasty nasty injury yeah so it's kind of set up that this is the guy who died yeah and this is what basically what the prosecution are pushing for mm. is it like look we have we have evidence, evidence of his hand on his yeah, shoulder yeah. pushing and yeah that kind of stuff. exactly and then another fan comes forward and says no actually that was me yeah 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 and, and it is once they kind of like enhance yeah. the footage a bit you can see it's definitely it's not him. the yeah. guy who so died suddenly it's like oh well, hang on a minute did this guy even get up on stage hmm you know, how did this happen? Because I mean, well, they do have a photograph of a guy. Who's no, that's supposed- the same guy. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't. I could. Uh, that wasn't no, made it was that a bit clear. Diff- to me. They've all got long hair and black t-shirts, but it's yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit difficult. But that is that guy. Yeah. Um. So the 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 kid that died was called Daniel. Yes. And uh, what happened was, uh, according to the testimony of his friends, a couple of hours after the concert, he was having trouble. Like he had a headache. He started throwing up. Oh, we should explain the basics. Like the prosecution alleges that this guy got up on the stage yeah. and Randy threw, him, threw off. him off, and yeah. he hit his head, and basically he died. Yeah, from he, those injuries and that later, night yeah. went into a coma, yeah. and then then subsequently died yeah. two months later. Two I months think. later, yeah, yeah. Um. So in the in uh, and actually in the in the possibly faked exposition scene the something that the manager says that's a very pertinent issue is that if they believed from the get-go that this kid had died as the result of the actions of someone from the band why did nobody even attempt to contact hmm like there was nothing. It's like, not. It's not like this is a band with no presence at all. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no. I mean, you could find out how their management. I yeah. email. You could yeah. call. Uh, but they there was absolutely bookings no, at lambofgod.com. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there was there was absolutely no indication. They didn't even know that anyone had been injured or hurt yeah. or anything yeah. until they were yeah. arrested on that pl- uh, off that plane. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just it's crazy. Weird. It's, weird. it's so so strange. Mm. So there's more of this stuff in the uh, – you see Randy with his legal team mm. and they're around the table and they do things like um, 
he has to prepare an opening statement. And they do an interview with him. He says, you know, I said to my lawyer, what, like 10 minutes? He went, no, an hour. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was like, Whoa. So basically has to plead his innocence for an hour. Yeah. And then he's going to get grilled. And they show, mm. like, they, they grill him. It's like, you know, um, why are you why are you aggressive on stage? Yeah. Um, what is stage diving all the rest of it? And yeah. <laughs> two things. Um, they print out from Wikipedia the articles on all these various metal terms yeah, like, like moshing. Uh, moshing and stage diving and all the rest yeah, of it slam dancing yeah. That, yeah and they um they show clips of other stage dives so not ones from that lamb of god concert mm. the third one of those is huge yeah. the, like the stage is way up there and the guy leaps off and like somersaults and basically comes down head first into a whole bunch of people yeah. that was scary <laughs> yeah um yeah oh and then we get the revelation that the guy in the videos isn't the guy who mm. died. Yeah. Um, and then it's off to the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, um, you, some of the witnesses weren't allowed to be filmed. In fact, the only one that was, was the Daniel's uncle. All but of he his... wasn't a witness. No, he made a statement. He though. made a statement, yeah, but he's, sorry, cr- but witness, crucially he's yeah. not a witness. Yes. And he even, even he thinks Randy's yeah. not guilty. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, but, well, what he said, what he seems to try to make him feel guilty. Yeah, so yeah, it's really weird. Basically, what he says to him is like, "We we can't." It's like we 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 don't think you are wholly responsible. Mm. But my sister has lost a son. She's now you know, mentally short, incapable ma- of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the it, the kid died on his father's birthday, so the father's yeah, yeah. you know distraught. Of course, which you would be if any yeah, absolutely died like that. Um, but at the same time, he's like, you know, but we understand you're not completely responsible for this, and it was kind of which like, is interesting, yeah, because that's what the prosecution is pushing for—that he is Absolutely. completely responsible. Yeah. And all of the friends who are there are trying to make it out, that, yeah, that Randy is responsible. Yet their stories never, they don't add up; they don't quite no. match. And and its eyewitness testimony hmm. is very fallible, even with an interval of ten minutes. Yeah. In fact, when I I think I did when I did psychology at A level, we actually did an eyewitness testimony study in a high street, mm-hmm. and we got like literally someone go up to someone in the street, ask them the time, go off, and then that then you catch that person they asked and get them to describe the person who asked them what the time was, mm. and and I think it was like thirty percent accuracy people yeah. could, could yeah. muster, and that was within minutes, within yeah. three years, yeah. I, it can't even be admissible. I mean, it just seems to me like it was like that's such a there was so little yeah for this to 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 work. It actually reminds me of um, so in 2014, uh, a Formula One driver had a crash which he died as the result of. Mm. He went into a coma and he died like. More, Six months later, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, and you know they've got all of this data from the cars, and it was under what they call yellow flags, where they're supposed to be going slowly because the yeah, conditions yeah, are really yeah. bad, right? Um, but what they what they found from the metrics from his car was that he he wasn't slowing down enough, right? Right, and you know it's it's always the driver's decision to get in that car. Mm. If if they think it's too dangerous, then they get out. If yeah. they think the conditions are too bad, then they, they are free to stop or yeah. they back off, right? Uh, so they kind of basically said it's an absolute tragedy he died and it, it looked like he would go on to become a future world champion. 
Um, but now the family, so this was 2014, yeah. no, 2016 now, the family are now suing Formula One for... Um, Negligence? Uh, yeah, yeah, basically saying that they were responsible for his death. And it's kind of like, well... They're not really, no, because all of the choices that were available to it was Jules Bianchi. All of the choices that were available to him to prevent that accident mm. were his choices. Yeah, and you know it was a real tragedy. But that's what a hurt family does. Yeah, it needs to find yeah. somebody that's that that accepts. And I think that's and what's it's what shark here. lawyers will do. Exactly. This so is I, a big organisation. We can get money out of them. Exactly. So and yeah. and you know and I suspect that they thought that this. Because, you know, Lamb have got a pretty successful, like they make out at the beginning of the, the show. They're not like they're not like Metallica. No. It basically they're, says... The, uh, they're kind of uh, like second rung. Yeah, I think it's like the drummer basically says, we do all right. We're not mega rich, but we do all right. Yeah, yeah we make a living. Yeah. Um, but it's getting harder for them to make a living because yeah. the music industry's fucked. Yeah. But, so, you know, I, I, I do wonder if part of the prosecution and the families are like they see this band and they think oh they must be mega rich so yeah. let's go after yeah, yeah, them yeah. and and the lawyers are playing on the emotions of the family yeah which i think is happening in the bianchi case but i also think it's happening happened here as well yeah, yeah. and and you know that's you know if you if you suffer something like that you're always going to look for the reason why or the person whose fault it was cuz that's what you would do yeah you know yeah so then we get to the end, really. Yeah. And oh, we should also say that in the Czech Republic, there's no jury. Yes. Oh, that's right. It's, it's three judges. There's one yeah. presiding judge and then two other judges. Yeah, which is a bit like the Pristorius case because there was no jury there. And that was mm. a single judge who decided that. Yeah. So it does seem to be it's a slightly different way of working that we would we would expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so the, uh, yeah. the in, in, a, in a long... Statement in Czech, the mm. uh, which sounds an awful lot like Polish. Uh, the he really dragged it out. For yeah, he did. Effects. I think he knew the camera was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he dra- yeah drags it out, makes it dramatic. But uh, Randy is totally exonerated of all blame. Yeah, which was actually came as a surprise to them. Well, they thought they basically thought he was going to be convicted of a lesser charge. Yeah, uh, was it uh, negligent homicide or something? Yeah, and like so that. he was still convinced that he could get up to six years. In yeah, prison, yeah, and he absolutely. was prepared. To, to to effectively yeah. do that, yeah, uh, but which is phenomenal, mm. really. And then he goes home and they play music. Yeah, but it, I, you know, and I think I think it's um, is it the drummer? Might be the bass player. Mm. Afterwards, say that. You know, in their in their music, they their most recent album was called Resolution, and yeah. Randy was saying that he he wanted to call it that because. It, he was resolving to be a better yeah, person yeah. Yeah. to 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 basically uh if you're going to talk yourself up and talk about the way you're going to live your life then you have to do that and the, the i think it's the bass player sort of says he you know th- th- this is he did exactly what he said he would do yeah he, his behavior and the way he dealt with this problem was exactly how he had been talking and singing about being the man that he wanted to be, mm. which I thought was really interesting. Mm. There we go. You just reminded me that actually the first note I wrote was, um, I think it's the bassist who says it at the beginning, mm. but you hear the interviewer ask, how would you describe your music? Oh, no, it's one of the guitarists. And he says, <laughs> a, I think I said before I called it unlistenable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, it's a good dock. Something mm. felt kind of slight about it, and I don't know why. I, I do know what you mean. I, I, I can't describe that feeling. I, okay, so the reason I think that it might feel that way is because uh, both of us have seen Making a Murderer. Yeah. Which is a huge I think part. I think one of the lawyers from that is in this as well. <laughs> really? That Jeff Cohen guy. I think he's in I think he's in that as well. He looked awfully familiar to me. I've seen him somewhere before. Anyway. Um yeah, so I kind of think that, that because Yeah. And also there's I don't know if you've watched it, but I watched recently the Central Park Five, which is a Ken Burns documentary, mm. which is again is another Oh court, lots of nice zooming court, on photos. Do you know what? It was really funny. It was that it's a it's a, a really fascinating case that he makes slightly boring. <laughs> and I was just like but you're right, lots of zooming on still photographs. They even have video CCTV footage that they will freeze frame, make look like a photo, and then zoom in. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so it's... it's man um, knows his gimmick. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of that kind of thing around. Yeah. Uh, and particularly making a murderer, you get so sucked yeah. in, so packed full of mm. stuff that you're right, I can see why this does feel a little bit light, but that doesn't diminish the experience no. that everyone went through. I think we're kind of getting used to big cinematic documentaries, and this is this is very much a yeah. cinematic... The, sorry, this is very much a televisual or home video style yes. documentary. Not that it's bad in no, any no, way. No, not at all. It was definitely worth the watch, and thank you, Pete, for pitching mm, it to yes, us. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would recommend it highly. Yes, definitely. And uh, just poke Lamb of God documentary into youtube and you'll find it yeah so we better do some pitches oh there was something i meant to uh so you know how we talked about the, the shitty spam we keep getting oh yeah uh there is there was one today that just killed me it was just the subject line so <laughs> the floodgates have reopened i'm getting all sorts of new crap but this one i just i laughed my ass off rocking booty <laughs> You can have a butt like Beyonce. <laughs> hey, podcast at haveyouseen.net. Not too long ago, I mailed you about my friend Jessica's new system. And then that's where the that's preview it. cuts off. Amazing. Yeah. But when it just like rocking booty and big bold <laughs> letters popped up, I nearly wet myself. Amazing. So, yes, pitches. Yeah. Talking of rocking booties. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, you want me to go first, don't you? Yes, I do, yeah. So, when it comes to... Uh, uh, films and filmmakers and mm-hmm. actors and stuff. There is somebody we both like an awful lot and have watched a lot of his movies, but we've never done one on this show because we've never found one that neither of us have seen. Right. That's Mr. Jackie Chan. Okay. I, as you are well aware, because you helped me do it, have recently <laughs> moved house. Yes. And when I moved, I separated off all of the DVDs that I have bought but have never seen the film of. Yes. Uh, and I've made a little stack of those. Um. And in one of those is a Jackie Chan movie that neither of us have seen mm. called The Shinjuku Incident. Okay. I've completely forgotten to bring the DVD with me, <laughs> right, so yeah. I can't even read off the back of that. Okay. Uh, but I have the ever-handy Wikipedia open. Right. Uh, and it's a film from 2009, and I think it's generally considered to be more harder and more of a drama than Jackie's usual film. Yeah. So think of something along the lines of, I think, like Heart of the Dragon yeah, I yeah, I seem to I, I the thing I think I kind of equated the two is a bit was new police story. Yeah, because I, I th- That's I, a weird film. It is a bit. I I thought it was all right. Yeah. But it, the Lego fight's good. Yeah, the anyway, um yeah. The, this I kind of thought all oh, right, this is this is okay, Jackie's now 
realizing that the action career might be over yeah let's let's kind of transition more <laughs> seven into, years ago and yet yeah, yeah. Uh, you know let, let's try a bit more less fighting more drama yes um, but I, I never got around to seeing it yeah so i've had a copy for ages and i've never it's still in the cellophane in fact uh, right. so i figured we'd watch it um because you know we're both jackie chan fans mm. and i guess if he's doing drama it's something interesting and different to the usual and we'll see if he can actually do it yeah absolutely uh as far as i can tell i don't want to read all of the plot synopsis on wikipedia because they blatantly spoil the whole damn thing Fine, okay. uh but from what i could make out uh jackie plays a man called nicknamed steelhead <laughs> right uh who uh illegally enters japan from china trying to track down his fiance uh right. set in the early 90s apparently uh, with the help of his brother in inverted commas, mm. in that kind of Chinese way of yes. calling like a good friend, brother, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, uh, they are, I think they're construction workers right. or uh, along those lines. It's something kind of, something like manual, hard manual nighttime labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, they're raided by the police who are looking for illegal immigrants. Um, Jackie gets away, uh, and in doing so, he uh, saves the lead detective's life. Right. Um, and then from there on, we uh, with, with basically uh, in gratitude, the detective decides to stop pursuing. Jackie, I'm right. making this sound very boring, right. but I'm trying not to read too yeah, much. Yeah, I'm sure. really like an actual proper pracy rather than trying to avoid spoilers, spoilers on Wikipedia. Yeah. So it's a Jackie Chan movie and we're going to watch it. Fine. Um, I've just seen the line, drinking and partying with hookers. <laughs> right. So there's going to be hookers and drinking and partying. Uh, Shinjuku is an area of Tokyo, so it's obviously it's shot and it's made in Japan. Yeah. Um, as have you opposed been to, to that Asia, area? Hong Kong. I have been to Shinjuku. It's the famous area with the uh, scramble crossing. The, oh, the, the big, right, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and if you go into the Starbucks above it, you can look down mm. over it and take videos and pictures. Yeah. I've got a load of video I shot there, actually, right. of me walking across it and like uh, stuff from above it and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, yes, Shinjuku is very famous. Uh, and is it that Shinjuku? No, Shibuya, you bloody idiot. Yeah. Um, no, Shib- uh, Shinjuku is different. Shinjuku is slightly north of there, and actually, I've stayed in that area. Right. Uh, Shinjuku Station is the busiest station in Japan. Right. And basically, if you go there, you can get anywhere in Tokyo gotcha. a- and further afield. Right. Okay. It's a massive Shinjuku Station is a massive, massive right. hub. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, there's a big there's a big shopping area nearby, uh, and I think possibly what this is going to pertain to is slightly north of that shopping area is essentially Tokyo's red light district right but it's more gotcha. of a pink light district because right. they because japan is weird about yeah, sex of course yeah anyway i'm gonna stop talking about this because i'm i feel i'm making a right hash of it <laughs> uh, and i will see what you're gonna make a hash of okay perfect so i'm gonna pitch you a movie that you own but have never seen we should also point out that we're doing it this way because I'm not going to get the internet for another three weeks at yeah. home. Uh, so I have no Netflix. I have no Amazon Video. I'm basically I'm <laughs> I'm limited to physical media uh, yeah. until future notice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pitch you a movie that you own on DVD but you haven't watched mm-hmm. um, that I haven't watched for a long, long time. Okay. But 
it was on my list of films to pitch you from the moment we started this podcast. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pitch you The Limey. Aha. Uh-huh. Which that, is... Right, okay. Interesting story. Yeah. I bought my first DVD player in 2001. Yeah. I must have bought a copy of this within six months of buying that, and yeah. it has sat on my shelf for 15 years and not <laughs> right. been watched. Yeah, it was made in 99. Yes. So, uh, it's Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh. And Terence Stamp is the star. Yeah. Yeah. Terence Stamp, Peter Fonda, Leslie Ann Warren, and Louis yeah. Guzman are the kind of the main yeah. people. Um, a extremely violent, volatile ex-English uh, gangster... Like think sixties gangster arrives yeah. in LA to find out who is responsible. as my shoe. Okay, it res- sounded sound like you've broken a bone. <laughs> uh, who is responsible for his daughter's death? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the plot. Okay, it, it's got a, quite a similar feel to like movies like Get Carter and and that kind of thing. The, I remember, where, and, and I remember like hearing faster. that that's what it's that, that was what it's compared to when yeah, it came out. Yeah. Um, now, I was just looking through the, the, the trivia for this because um, there was one bit of trivia that was always stuck out in my head, but it's not on IMDb. I think it might be on the director's commentary, but I believe that this film was entirely shot with no lights. Really? So it's all natural lighting. Interesting. That sounds like the kind of thing Steven Soderbergh would yeah, do. Yeah, but shot on film. Yeah. Um, and there are the not- eyes are crank all yeah, the way well, up. And, and there, there, well, there are night scenes and stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have to verify that. But that was one of the one of the kind of things that was really intriguing about it. It's bang on hour and a half. Mm. Uh, it was eight, rated eighteen in the in the UK. I can't remember exactly how violent it is. I should um, I should prepare myself. I'll get a cushion to hide behind. Yeah, I don't I don't seem to remember it being that, that violent. But it's been. A long I'll dig time out my alien cushion. I probably haven't watched it since like two thousand one, two thousand two. Mm. Um, do you have a copy or do you need do, me to... It's it's on UK Netflix. Okay. I own a copy of the DVD and you own a copy of the DVD. Okay, cool. So it's it won't be hard to no. uh, to watch. No. Um, well, it might be hard to watch, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. it'll be easy to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I thought I'd pitch you. Because uh, like I said, I remember when we were first doing this yeah. this podcast, I wrote a huge list and, and it was on my shelf and I was like, that's going on the list. Yeah. Um, so I will re-watch it. Okay. Before we do the next episode, marvelous. So it's a it's a delve into Kieran's DVD collection for yeah, the next episode. Yeah, yeah, superb. Well, if you have seen the Shinjuku Incident or the Limey uh, sometime in the last fifteen years, uh, you can let us know on Twitter at HWS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Have You Seen Podcast. The website is Have You Seen net, and the email is podcast at Have You Seen net. We also have a YouTube channel, as we keep telling you, youtube.com slash HYS Podcast, which has um, video, little pitch videos of stuff uh, we want to pitch you mm. um, and it has the epic episode 100 in video format and it also has our short film Barry mm-hmm. uh, what we did make last year Yep, we like shares and likes on Facebook particularly new show posts we like retweets on Twitter again especially if new show tweets we like reviews and ratings on iTunes especially those with five stars I haven't checked that for ages we like your pitches mm. for new films and reviews of stuff we've covered thanks everybody for listening <laughs> thank you to everybody for listening especially if you've done any of those things uh thank you in particular to peter hammond for yeah. uh for pitching us as the palaces burn mm. in september 2014 yeah. um 
Thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us into the submersible again. Thank you to Alexi Mom for his technical expertise. Thank you to Nicola, the social media manager, for managing the Twitters and stuff. Um, and that's about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We will see you when we see you when we talk about Jackie Chan and Terence Stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, both strangers in foreign lands. Yeah. yeah. There we are. It will be the Strangers in Foreign Lands podcast. Uh, we should probably add as a caveat, don't know when that's going to be <laughs> no. because life is busy. Yeah. Uh, we meant to do this two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the next episode we should go into a bit more detail about why life is busy. Yeah, right. Okay. We've, got a, we've got a bunch of things, projects going on. Yeah, all right. Way. Now there's a hook for you. Yeah, and we'll, we'll explain all next episode. <gasps> a cliffhanger. Yeah. We shall see you in episode 131. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.